What's going on, guys, and welcome to episode three of UbiChat, a Ubisoft fan podcast where we cover everything under the Ubisoft sun. I'm one of your hosts, Nate, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Nick. Hello, I am the aforementioned Nick. Aforementioned? That's a big word. That's a big, big word. What you been up to? Oh, not that much. Not that, not that much. Oh, I understand. I was gone for a week for a work trip, so... I've I've just gotten back. I've just kind of gotten back into my normal routine, so it's been a little bit of an adjustment. So yeah. that was. I don't fun. really have an excuse. I just <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a good excuse like you. Like, oh yes, I went on a trip or whatever. No, I've just been stuck in Boise. I don't know. I'm just not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, I went to Pen- uh, not Pennsylvania. I went to Indianapolis for a week, and that was quite. You said odd. that's so weird, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm talking about the Acropolis and like, <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was interesting. I've never been that far East before. Um, but I mean, where we were at, it was just boring. Like there was nothing to do Yeah. So that's whatever. I mean, like I said, I was there for work, so I wasn't expecting to have a whole lot of, fun. I did get super drunk Friday night though. I will say that whoop, whoop. that was, that was fun. That was very fun, but all right, to go ahead and get started, I want to remind you guys both to follow us on our Twitters, uh, first one being TX3 Productions, and the second one being UbiChat. Uh, there you can leave us your feedback, you can tweet at us, any questions, anything you want to talk about, or if you want to just chit-chat, we'll do that too. If you're um, curious who you're talking to, I usually answer in GIFs, so that would be me. <laughs> I don't know, I'm I'm pretty bad at that too. <laughs> that was that was all of my tweets from E3. I just tweeted GIFs. That's all it was. Actually, who my, the hell is GIF? <laughs> GIF. No, one of my. I don't know about you, but I have a personal favorite. So, like for example, the other day, someone posted on Facebook. It was something about. I'm not going to get into it, but something about the new thing about a certain kind of people wanting to be in, indoctrinated into a certain group, and everyone universally is like not okay with it. And so someone shared a post and I commented with the gif of Dr. Evil from the third Austin Powers where he slowly rolls up to Goldmember and he's like, how about no? (laughs) Anytime I get to use that, it's a good day because that one just makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget to check us out on our discords. We have a discord for UbiChat and ThreatX Reproductions as well. And the links for those will be on our Twitter as well as the description. Let's go ahead and jump into our chat room. Now, if you just tuned in, chat room is basically where we put our weekly grinds, kind of what we've been up to and just really what we've been playing. It doesn't always have to be Ubisoft games. This week in particular, neither of us have played anything Ubisoft related. so uh, <laughs> Which is why it can be not. <laughs> exactly. So for me, since I was traveling, I played a lot of Fortnite on my Switch um, and I actually bought the season five battle pass what for the first time i've never bought a battle pass before but i've been playing a lot more on switch than i have on playstation so i figured i might as well just go ahead and jump and jump the gun and and see what it's all about yeah i tried it out the other day i like the new area i like the new golf cart that they have Mm -hmm. and the fact that you can like uh power slide in order to get like a boost or whatever it's definitely it's definitely nothing that they had to do. Like they, you didn't necessarily need a vehicle in um, 
Fortnite. in Fortnite or whatever. And they already kind of had the the cart or whatever. Do they still have the cart in there? The uh, shopping carts? Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure because I they took it out for a while because they were having problems. So I have no idea if they put it back in. So uh, you definitely don't need it, but it is it is kind of cool. Like I. I like it, and it is the first vehicle where you can have all four of your squad mates. So if, you, if you're in squads rather than duos, you can have all four of your guys in it. And so that's that's kind of cool in the sense that, you know, not only that, but then they actually have a um, race a racetrack where if you stand in front, or not stand, when you have a vehicle in front of the starting line, it will trigger a countdown. And then you can go through checkpoints. Like it'll have like little blue rings that you can go through or whatever. And that's kind of cool. But like, I don't know how many people actually know that because, um, because like I just, I did it just on the whim and I stood in front, or I, yeah, I stood in front of the thing. And then all of a sudden a countdown started and I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, can we talk for a second about how awful that battle pass pickaxe is? Have you seen that? No, what is it? It's it's two balloons that are tied together. Here, I'm gonna send you a picture of it. It's two balloons that are tied together, but it looks so incredibly phallic. It's the one on the top right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that looks terrible. And the motion Why? is awful. It's animated too, so the motion is awful. It looks so it's like, like floppery. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It's, it's terrible. But oh, it's new, funny. so and I hate the normal one, so that that's the one I picked. I really want the Wraith one though. The Wraith one is super cool. Yeah, top left. Uh bottom middle. Bottom middle. Oh. Yeah, that's interesting. But how much does that one on the bottom left look like the axe from God of War? Oh, yeah. And the tier 100 is clearly like God of War. Yeah. Yeah, that, I was thinking the same for. thing. I mean, the only difference is that you can level it up and so you get more gear on top of it. So then you can have like this giant beard and you have like like flames coming from your eyes and stuff. But yeah. it's it's Yeah, it's definitely super cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to spend some more time on it probably like few games a week here and there but besides that uh when i got home i jumped back into destiny 2 so making my way through that it's it's definitely slow um Mm -hmm. i last two weeks ago when i started it it was one of those man like i've already gone through all this before like i know Mm -hmm. what this is going to do so but it also kind of has it hook has its hooks in me because if i like today i was like let me just play a really tight just bullet sponge kind of game and and that's that's what that's why i ended up playing and it was it was fun for the time i had but um i i honestly don't think i'm gonna spend like hundreds of hours into this game you know ranking up my player but i mean you you, you never know Uh, yeah it's i'm hit and miss on destiny 2 it's it's interesting but i've played this before so there's nothing really different about it right yeah which seems to be everybody's complaint about it um, I've mainly been playing a Hat in Time, which is a nice little 3D platformer. I talked about it on Nerd to the Third, so if you want all my impressions, go there. And then I also played a little bit of Earthfall, which is pretty much Left for Dead, but Aliens. And this is definitely one I was looking forward to, and so far, I'm not, I'm not overly impressed. You know, um, it's really just... 
it's really just kind of eh. So if you want to hear that's kind of f- the consensus I've heard is it's yeah. kind of disappointing. Um, so if you want to hear my full impressions of that, go to our next episode, which will be next week for Nerd to the Third. I'll give my full impressions there. But what I've really been spending my time on is The Walking Dead: Our World. Which I hate to compare it to this because you know I don't you know it, it's Pokemon Go but with zombies. I mean it's it's really hard to not make that comparison because it uses GPS, it uses Google Maps, so it's one hundred percent you know using that to get your character and then you move your character around by walking. But now instead of you know flicking a ball to catch a Pokemon, you're shooting a gun, and so that for me feels a little bit more tactile in the sense that you know i click on their head and it shoots them in the head and so then you add in like recoil and and different types of guns you know a shotgun versus a handgun or handgun or smg or assault rifle and then you add in you know uh saving survivors or getting infestations or i just I just turned level six the other day. I just turned. <laughs> I'm six years old. Um, <laughs> I just turned to level six, and so now I can start doing raider camps. And that's pretty much like, um, if I if I had to guess, that's pretty much going to be kind of what uh, PvP might end up being like, because you have like you. And then two people in front of you rather than just one in the normal encounters. And then um, if one of them dies, you have like two or three backups. So basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to take down them and all their backups before you and all your backups are dead. So, um, And so then there's like cover and they can get behind cover and you can like send people. It's it's really cool. I really like it. And then that on top of just the entire game is just really cool um i really i've enjoyed my time so far i it was so much easier for me to get into this because zombies and me go like way back whereas like pokemon i knew about it i even played the card game but i never really had a real personal um attachment to to the pokemon so me playing it was just kind of like oh yeah this is cool and it's like i could tell you that's a 151 i i know the original 151 but after that it's like all these new pokemon i'm like what the hell is this birdie thing (laughs) so but yeah i mean I've, i've i've really enjoyed my time with that and um other than that yeah i haven't really been playing too many ubisoft games lately myself yeah, I played a little bit of Our World as well, and it's it's definitely fun. Um, it, it there's a lot more interactivity to it than Pokemon Go, like mm-hmm. we talked about before we started recording. Is both of us kind of see Pokemon Go as like a as an app, really? Yeah, you just kind of it, it's it's kind of a walking assistant, like it's something to do while point, you're walking. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, Our World, you're actually like shooting zombies, you're ranking up guns, you're you know you're collecting characters, companions, and things like that. Yeah. And so there's it's definitely more of a game. Yeah, it's de- it, it is definitely way more of a game. Um, but both of both of them are fun in their own right. Um, I can't tell you which one I've had more fun with, simply because I've spent the most time in Pokemon Go than Walking Dead. So I guess we'll just see how that goes. You know, as time goes on, maybe I'll play a little bit more. But <clears throat> let's go ahead and jump into Sit Rep.
Now, this isn't necessarily an update to any of the Ubisoft games, more as like an interesting thing to talk about. So an yeah. article popped up about a day ago um, talking about how Siege is now banning doing insta-bans for players using hate speech. Mm-hmm. The, the gist of it is um, they rolled out a new banning system uh, as part of its toxicity management plan targeting players that use hateful language in the game's text chat. Um, basically, how they're going about it is they're trying to manage player behavior in Siege, so any users now that breach the code of conduct um, by using language or content deemed illegal, dangerous, threatening, abusive, obscene, vulgar, defamatory, hateful, racist, sexist, ethically offensive, or constituting harassment are finding themselves banned. Mm. Now, that's a pretty detailed spectrum yeah um but it's interesting to me because the you know the day and age we live in i know you can attest to this as well how many times have you heard any one of those things that they listed in your oh, yeah. entire life playing multiplayer games yeah i mean honestly it is one of the barriers of entry when you're playing a multiplayer game and growing up especially you wouldn't hear that from adults you hear that from kids yep just just saying ob- obscenities right and left. Um, I'm not necessarily opposed to this because although we do live in a more sensitive day and age, which I think pretty much everyone can agree to, I feel like to counteract that, the more troll aspect players are saying worse things than pe- would have been said on multiplayer 10 years ago. You know? Yes, Definitely. So I think that's mostly what they're targeting, not necessarily the typical um, slang you would hear like a kid say. Like people nowadays are outright making harassment or deflam or defamatory or just like just terrible things online. Yeah. Um, when, we, when we live in an age where swatting is an actual thing, where just by accidentally or purposely for that matter – accidentally or purposely giving out your personal information somebody swats you you know like the fact that like someone is calling the cops on you and then essentially like potentially killing you that's essentially what they're doing because something could happen you could literally move your hand to the left too much it creeps out a cop and he kills you and so now you're dead because of this toxicity that is just inherent in all multiplayer games now. Just because some, you know, a-hole who may, maybe he wasn't even in the game with you. Maybe he wasn't in the game. Maybe he was just watching your stream. And because he's a straight up asshole, just decides, you know, hey, you know, it'd be really funny, you know, and then you get swatted. And there's already been people who've gotten killed over it. And it's yeah. like... That's the fact that we live in that kind of world. We're like, why would you even think that? And that kind of goes to what you were saying about trolls. Like they're doing it to be trolls. They're not doing it necessarily because they, uh, how do I say that? Like they're not doing it necessarily because they think they're being racist or a bigot or, you know, sexist or anything like that. They're doing it because they're purposely trying to troll somebody, you know, it's like, uh, I'll be honest, I troll a lot on my on my Twitter. You know, somebody will say something and then like I'll purposely be like, hey, I'm offended by that. You think I can read or something like that, you know? And so I purposely go there just to 
just to troll some people, you know, I do it, but I, I, it's, it's always pretty obvious when I'm joking because I will like, I will overreact over something that is like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I shouldn't, but still like when in a game though, like you were saying, the trolling gets to the point where it's like, they're saying stuff or they're trying to do stuff like swatting. That is so far out of what a normal person would do or say that like a normal person wouldn't think of that or they do they think about it but then they don't do it because they have self-control so that's Mm -hmm. like what a troll is a troll is like the deepest darkest things that you could think or do but then they actually do it and they use the guise of being a troll as oh you know i'm just doing it to be funny or i'm just doing it because it's fun you know and always to a certain extent when it's like me you and a couple of friends and we're trolling each other like that's that's one thing yeah but then to like troll somebody so hard that you literally swat them and and give the potential of killing somebody you know that's not cool or to the certain extent of like me being called the n-word over and over again by some 12 year old well um to detail a little bit more after the first instance um players have reportedly been banned for about 27 minutes. There's basically a three-strike system. So after that first, you're banned for 27 minutes. Second and third offenses result in two-hour bans, and the third leading to an official investigation that could carry the risk of being perma-banned. Now, I think that's too that's too light. You think you it's know? too light? Yeah, I don't think it should take four for you to be perma-banned. I think you should be perma-banned like you should get a second chance. Everybody should get a second chance. But like, you think I think it should be a two be strike it. system. Sorry, what? You think it should be a two strike system? Oh yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And to counter really anyone's counter on this, I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. The counter, the counter. I haven't seen it yet, but I guarantee you, there's someone that's going to be like, "Oh, what about my freedom of speech? They're hindering on my freedom of speech." Well, if you haven't heard this before, um. Ubisoft has every right to do that in their multiplayer lobbies. Yep. Because you because you bought that game doesn't mean you own that game. They own the rights to the content that goes on in any of their games. Right. Um, also, it's it's one of those things that I agree. There are some things that can be construed as hate speech that may not be. Um, and and what I mean by that is things that we used to be able to say um, that now people would find a lot more offensive. That that's different than calling someone a like extremely vulgar slur. You know what I mean? Right. But I have no problem with this at all. I think that I think other multiplayer lobbies or multiplayer people who who run the servers should take a look at this and kind of see how they can implement it because gaming multiplayer toxicity has been around for since multiplayer gaming, but it could now be time for us to take a look at that and see what we can do to make that a lot less. It's kind of like the bullying thing. It's never going to go away, but if we can combat the really extreme instances, Mm -hmm. then, then that's good. Also at the end of the day, just don't be an asshole. So yeah, just don't, don't be an asshole. Don't be, that seems like the easiest, the easiest, you know, thing to do, but yeah. Like when it when it becomes so toxic, it'd be like it'd be like um, it, it'd be like if you're having a nice little get together 
and you know it's a nice party maybe it's somebody's birthday or it's just a barbecue you're getting together with your friends or whatever when one or two people get drunk enough where they're just effing everything up where you know they're yelling at people they're calling people's names you know maybe they're you know trying to like break some of your stuff or whatever it's like you know well you can't be trusted with your own actions anymore (laughs) yeah that's that's the only thing i can say is that it's it's really not that hard and there's also a difference in being online with some people and saying fuck you dude you and then saying just some homophobic or racist slur that's totally uncalled for yeah I mean, I I myself am definitely guilty of that. Guilty of like telling somebody to you know fuck off or you know stop being a dick or like like oh what are you twelve and like making fun of them or you know I've I've done stuff like that, but not to the not to the sense of like not to the sense of yeah racial slurs, homophobic slurs or anything like that that could be considered hate speech. You know, cuz yeah, it's one thing, you know, telling telling somebody off and yeah, it's a whole nother thing, you know, making it personal, making it like I genuinely hate you or even like death threats or whatever. I can't believe that's a freaking thing. That's the internet for you. Yep. Thanks internet. All right, let's go ahead and go to our watchtower. Now, Watchtower for this week is actually not something to watch out for. It's available now. It is imminent. (laughs) (laughs) So Far Cry 5 Lost on Mars just released today. Uh, If you're listening to this, it's available now. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, If you want to take a look, though, IGN has its first 21-minute gameplay up. Um, And boy, this game looks interesting. Yeah. This this DLC looks the see the thing I like about it is Hours of Darkness was Far Cry 5 or typical Far Cry just in a Vietnam skin. Right. It was basically the same game we played just with more stealth options. This looks 100% different. Yes. This definitely. looks like a space shooter that has Far Cry mechanics. Mm-hmm. Everything about it, the HUD, the way that the items are displayed, the guns, everything about it looks like, but it also has that Far Cry mentality because right. you have things like when you when you need to heal, it says press whatever for space bandages. It's just like <laughs> it's the cheeky humor that it still makes it a Far Cry game. But this game looks this DLC looks awesome, and yes. I like. I can't wait to see what the third installment's going to be. Because these two, Hours of Darkness and Lost on Mars, look like total polar opposites. Right. And I think, yeah, that's something we kind of talked about last time when Hours of Darkness came out is the fact that, you know, and I think so far I'm being proven right. Because what I was trying to say last time was, here's this. It's a nice little thing. The next one's going to be better. It's going to be more open world, which it is. And then we're going to hopefully end with the crescendo of the zombies. And so now looking at this, looking at how awesome it is, looking at just how different it is and the fact that it could could have been its own game like Blood Dragon, you know, but you get it as a as a pack, basically. And that alone is just like, okay, this is they're doing they're doing themselves right by by these DLCs, and I really appreciate that. Um, one of my things that I think is the coolest part about it, first off, you play as Nick, which that's kind of cool. 
you play as a different character, and obviously you had to play as a different character in the other DLC, but you play as Nick, so you at least know him. And um, and I, li- I like the fact, the main point, one of the main points, other than like stopping an invasion or, you know, something like that, um, one of the main points of the game is putting Herc back together. Because he's been like taken apart, basically like in Attack from Mars, the old Tim Burton movie. He's basically been t- uh, taken apart, and you know, and he's talking to you as like a floating head. And the one of the main objective is to find all his different parts, his you know, his his love making tool, his arms, his legs, his man boobs, you know, and you have to find all his different parts to put him back together. You know, and then, you know, there's also the, you know, stopping an invasion or whatever. But that little, you know, quirkiness, like you were talking about, like, that's hilarious. Because, like, you have a, you have, like, a guns for hire, but it's this, like, little drone. And I I think it's either he's controlling it or his little head is inside of it. And, yeah, it's it's really funny. I think it's his little head is inside of it because it yeah. asks you to grab it. Yeah. Either way, it's 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 funny to me that the thing is called Brobot as well. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and it has like uh it has the US flag on it. Yeah, it's it, it it looks really good. Um I can't wait to check it out. Um definitely by next episode we'll have at least I'll have played through it and yeah. and give you my full review on that. So All right, let's go ahead and get into our topic of the show. This week, we're going to talk about what we want from Division 2. Now, I'm going to hand this one over just to you. Just don't be just Destiny 2. How about that? <laughs> I'm going to hand this one over to you since I spoke mostly from the Assassin's Creed, and you are definitely more of the Division expert yeah. here. Well, thank you. Well, as the Division expert, I can tell you definitively... Um, Here's, here's the number one thing, and I think anybody who has a brain can agree with, is um, I joked about it before, but don't be Destiny 2. And from a more in-depth perspective, don't take what you've learned from the original and just throw it away. Because what Destiny 2 should have been is where the Taken King left off. Destiny 1 was good and it was okay for the most part, but it was a huge disappointment for people. A year later, they finally got it to a point where they could pass the baton on and it was Taken King. That was that was the baton being passed. And then, instead of passing the baton forward for the Destiny 2, they passed it backwards. And so then they still, to this day, they still have to do a lot to bring it back to a certain point. And I mean, there's a huge amount of people out there that are just going to be hardcore fans no matter what. And, you know, good for them. But there's a lot of other people out there that are just completely, you know, not happy with the way that Destiny 2 has been treated. You know, just the... Just the fact that certain things that were in Destiny are now either being reused or treated like this legendary thing is just 
really bad. You know, just really bad. So the number one thing that Destiny, or dang it, <laughs> the number one thing that Division 2 can do is learn from itself. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to learn from Destiny 2 other than don't freaking do that. What it needs to learn is learn from itself. Now, the launch of Division, the original, was not great. Although, I I definitely don't want to sound like a snob or anything, but I, I don't think I got far enough in the game where, like, RNG became a huge problem for me. Because RNG, like, that was one of the things. The Dark Zone was a huge complaint that people had. I didn't get far enough in the, in the game where that became a problem for me. It was really just like I played it for a while. I got through a good chunk of the story and I really enjoyed myself. I didn't see the problems that everybody was having. So like I wouldn't be a good, um, I guess, measure of that. Because then by the time I did finally hit that ding on on level 30, I it was already like a year later. So I already came back when everything was good. And so I was like, okay, this is great. You know, so... But from speaking from there, I have been playing it recently, and so I do know what the game is like nowadays. And what the game is like nowadays, that's what they need to carry over to number two, you know. And I think a couple of different things that they can make sure to do so that they don't just, you know, keep that up or to, they don't make the same mistake Destiny did is that I think certain things need to be available from day one. You know, they're talking about an eight-person raid, and from what I'm hearing, it's going to be available on day one, and that's going to be a huge, a huge um, show of faith, basically. Like, hey, have faith in us. We're going to get you through this, basically. But not only that, but they still need to have the incursions, because that was something that was added later, but a lot of people actually didn't like. And so I think it's something that they need to they need to keep from the original one, you know, because if they have incursions, but they add them like months later or something, it's just going to be like, well, you're calling this new quote unquote content, but is it really new? And so, you know, I think that's going to be something they just have to have now, whether or not they should keep like the survival mode, which is basically, you know, battle Royale, whether or not they should keep that and have that on day one. Um, you know, that's, uh, that that's a tough one because it was a DLC. It wasn't with the original game. You you couldn't you couldn't play it essentially without having the DLC. So that's a little harder. However, considering that there are plenty of battle royales out there nowadays, and everybody seems to be doing their take on it, I I think their version of it was already good. You know, it was it was Battle Royale, like a lot of people didn't think so, which I thought was stupid, um, but it pretty much was Battle Royale. So whether or not that means that they up the player count or something, but still keep the overall uh, spirit, you know, I think that'd be great. And I think that they already did a good job on that and they don't really need to change that. But whether or not he needs to be day one, I don't know. I would rather them go ahead and take the time to make it perfect and have it come out like a month or so later. We already know that all the DLC is going to be free. So, I mean, big freaking, you know, 
ultra mega, you know, gold star for them right off the bat. So we already know DLC is going to be the uh, free. So um, go ahead and take your time on that, you know, because I think as long as you have incursions and you have um, and you have the raid, I think that should keep people busy as long as your your rollout plan is pretty good. You know, because there's plenty of things they could roll out to keep people interested. Um, as I mean, far as survival goes, I think they'll give it a bigger rollout since we live in the day and age of Battle Royale. Right. I, I don't think they'll change it. Maybe they'll tweak something to it. But uh, if everyone really enjoyed the way it was and they're trying very hard not to be like Destiny 2, I think the only thing they'll, they'll do is make a bigger deal about it. Definitely. Just kind of in the sense of, Hey, here's if you are done with whatever, here's our battle royale mode or right. you know, check out survival. Um I definitely think they should keep calling it survival. I don't think they should they shouldn't, you know, grab the bait so to speak. They shouldn't bite bite on the the hook or whatever and call it anything battle, anything royale. Keep it survival. People who know the game mode already know that it's pretty much battle royale. Battle Royale anyways, so don't call it anything with Battle or Royale in the title. I think just call it Survival. Keep it as Survival. People will know. You can market it as a Battle Royale mode, but you're, like, keep it keep it to yourself. Like, make, make it true to you. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um... So, from everything I've seen about Division 2, I don't think that they're going to make the same mistake that Destiny 2 did. Yeah. Um, did you did you play physically any Destiny 2 besides the beta? Uh, Destiny 2, uh, yeah, I pretty much just paid the beta, and then there was also, like, a free weekend that I did. Um, but my whole story behind that, real, real fast for you guys at home. Uh, my story in that was basically I played the beta. I really liked it, and I liked the quality of life things. The quality of life stuff that they did was good enough where it's like, okay, I want to try this out. I want to buy it. But um, I was like, I'm going to have this as a uh, I'm going to have this as a Christmas present. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to be so awesome. Before Christmas even came is when the Curse of Osiris came out. And that's pretty much when, you know, meat fan. (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah, that's 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 my short story about it. So yeah, I I'm to the point where yeah, I'm never I'm never gonna buy it personally. So w- when I first started playing Destiny two, like I said earlier, it was definitely one of those. <sighs> the The intro is great. I really enjoy the intro. Yeah. Um, but after that, I was like, <sighs> I've done this before. Like I've started from scratch and. And like, I don't really know if I want to go through this grind, but you can, in the first few hours I had with the game, I can see what everyone is talking about in the sense of a lot of this looks like something that could have been in destiny one, but it just looks a little different. Yeah. Um, I, (laughs) I don't personally like the fact that we still have the same enemies. Um, if it was a sequel, you could have done something different besides having the hive and the cabal and, you know, all the same things, although they've done some different things, but 
So what I've liked and what I'm transitioning into what I want from D- Division 2, what I like is they have changed their structure on how their single player is played. Yeah. So when you had the, the first Destiny, um, it gave you kind of a start point to a mission. You played the mission, and then it gave you an end point. And that's how basically the entire game was. Everybody knows D- Destiny 1 was very story light, um, kind of disappointingly so. Right. They definitely have changed that with Destiny 2, and they actually give you more structure with story elements that are tied to gameplay. Um, some of the things you do, it's not a quick time event by any means, but it sh- it, it's you can tell by the level design that it's not just drop a player on the map, shoot guys, continue forward. Like They, they try to push you in a specific structure, right. um, and you have more communication with the NPCs, like um, some of the main characters, like Zavala and other people like that that you didn't have in, in um, Destiny 1. I feel like Division 1 was kind of very similar. It definitely had more story elements to it, but it, it to me at least, seemed start a mission, play the mission, shoot the bad guys, end mission. Um, there definitely 100% was more story to it than was in Destiny 1. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, I think something that I personally would like from Division 2 is to have more story in these missions rather than checkpoint, 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 yeah. complete. And it looks like from especially the demo that they showed for E3, it looks like we're going to get that. Yeah. And I think another thing that's going to come from Division 2 is the setting. Because it's oh, not God, set yeah. in the winter, because it's it's set in Washington, D.C. in the summer, basically. That right. gives them a lot more options to do specific things rather than go to this place, go to this place by yourself. You know what I mean? The world, I think, is going to grow a lot more. And hopefully from what I've seen of the, was it the Snowdrop engine? Is that right? Yeah, Snowdrop. Yep. From what I've seen of the of what D- division two looks like in their new snowdrop engine. It looks like we're going to have a lot more player in- interactivity with the world yeah. and a lot more better structured level design. Yeah. I mean, going back to the setting, um, I think that was one of the main things. Like if we would have made uh what we want from division two before the reveal, the number one thing would have been the setting. Like I want a different setting. I want it to be open world, like actual open world, because like having, having it set like in the heart of New York and literally all that's around us is just skyscrapers. Everything just kind of blended together and everything just felt so samey. And so now that we have it in Washington, DC so far, all that I've seen from gameplay footage is open areas. You can see the sky in like every single shot, basically. There's suns. The sun is just, oh, excuse me. The sun is just like shining bright throughout the entire thing. You can see the sky. You can see how wide open each of the areas are and so that was like definitely one of the number one things and so with that i hope that the mission structures also stay this stay with the open feel because one thing that was definitely um i wouldn't say bad by any means but like yeah one thing that was kind of um 
different. Oh, God, what am I trying to say? Damn it. One thing I um, not necessarily that I hated or anything like, but but one thing that definitely stood out to me is that when you got to a mission, that mission just happened to start at like a doorway or at the beginning of a subway or something, and then you went through the area, and that area just happened to be kind of cut off from the rest of the game, and mm-hmm. so you know like. Like I think even even if we're talking about like collectibles, so like the cell phones, the laptops, echoes, and things like that, even those weren't inside the missions because each mission wasn't really a part of the open world itself. Mm-hmm. So what I'd really like to see from Division and just, you know, by looking at the gameplay and how open it is, I hope that's how the missions are too. You know, I hope that this part of the mission that I really liked, I'm like, oh, that part was like really cool. I hope I can revisit that just for the heck of it and go get some cell phones, go get some collectibles, whatever the collectibles might be. I mean, I think that needs to be one of the biggest changes. It needs to feel like an actual open world, even from a mission structure standpoint. Because then if you look at it that way, one of the things I did like was their level design and how they almost always put up flanks and they always put up like a sniper perch. It seemed like every mission had one of those. But now if they keep it more open, those things should happen organically rather than by design. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that that's the path that they're heading towards. Um, <laughs> have you heard a lot of people see, saying that the, the Division 2 is going to be like Destiny 2? Um, no, but I think it's just an overall worry. You know, a lot of people are just worried about it because, like, people like me who did try out the beta and they're like, okay, this is heading in the right direction. I'm excited. And then to just basically be like, oh, no, the Taken King is not our jumping off point. It's we're going back to like destiny vanilla. And so that's what really got people going. Okay. Yeah, I I can, I can see, I can see that, but, um, I'm really excited for division two. I know a lot of other people are, I'm hoping that we're right. I'm hoping that this comes out swinging. I'm hoping that they come out and just blow everyone away. This is a, a no holds bar. This is going to be the game for everyone to play, right? Because I know that that's been a, a thing between people too, is playing the division or playing Destiny. Like, that's how it was for a while. So, so I mean, one of the I think one of the big things that is going to be kind of make it or break it, and what seems to be the make it or break it for Destiny as well, um, is the end game. So, like, what do you think about what they have so far for the end game for Destiny Division Two? the topic um, of the show <laughs> it it looks it looks very compelling um yep. it looks like there's going to actually be a structured in-game structured point to get to right i think the structure is definitely a big part of it you know because now um if you don't know i mean watch some videos Jeez. um if you don't know like you get basically that at level like 30 i believe you know i don't know if they made it go up or whatever but let's say 30 the the top level um you get to choose your specialist so then you get to be the sharpshooter you get to be the demolitionist or you get to be i want to say the survivalist 
if I'm not mistaken. I think and, it's Survivalist, yeah. Yeah, and so not only does that open up a whole new tree of, like, abilities, but it also opens up a whole new tree of basically, like, heavy weapons. I guess that would be the way to describe mm-hmm. it. So you're going to have your normal weapons, your... Specialist your, weapons. You know, primary, secondary, um, or two primaries and one secondary, but now you're going to have a specialist weapon. So you're either going to have a really, really good, like, uh, sh- uh, uh, sniper rifle, or you're going to have a grenade launcher, or, like, a crossbow or something like that. And so those are going to be, like, your ultimates, and then... You know, basically building your your um, your build off of off of all this new stuff is definitely going to be good. Now, one thing I watched a video on this, and they were talking about like basically what will make this better than Destiny Two. One of the things that stood out to me is he brought up Bullet Sponge and the fact that they are they are basically instead of making instead of making um, enemies more bullet spongy in this one they're making them harder via the the ai that they have so they're going to flank you more they're going to rush you more in more realistic ways and so that's how they're making them harder rather than here's 200 extra hp and not only that but then like the purple and orange guys especially like or not orange uh, yellow guys especially the yellow guys what i really like about them is that you're shooting off chunks of their armor rather than here's a giant guy with just a bunch of health. You know, now it feels a lot more realistic. And so I feel like as far as like the tactile feeling of like emptying an entire clip into a guy and you barely got like a quarter of his life gone was definitely very jarring for a lot of people. And I think that is just because they're used to like Ghost Recon and and, and other like Tom Clancy games. So having this RPG where it's like I can empty two clips into a guy and he, he barely even flinches is very jarring for a lot of people. So now the fact that they are purposely trying to make enemies not as spongy is like, oh, like, oh, like. I just that's that's nice. That's definitely something. Now I can go to my friends who maybe didn't like the division because because of the sponginess, and I'd be like, no, 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 no. They're working on it. Yeah, I I don't have I don't have much to add on to that. That's a, that's a clear, concise statement. Speechless. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, you do that a lot because you I just concur. come up with it. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> So yeah, tell us what you guys are excited about for the Division 2. Tell us what you want. Is there anything from Division 1 that hasn't been said that you want to return? Or is there anything that you don't want to see in Division 2? Feel free to let us know on Twitter or any way you feel like contacting us. We'd love to talk to you. Just send us a freaking pigeon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and finish off the show with our favorite segment, You, Me, and Ubi. This is where we take a look at games from Ubisoft's past. This week, we are taking a look at Peter Jackson's King Kong. So, this is one of those games that me and you both played when it came out. Yeah. Um, we both have very fond memories of this game. And it's one of those... It's not my first my first first-person shooter, but it's one that I remember playing extensively and yeah. having like my first story-told first-person shooter that I just kind of went along with because I loved I loved the movie. Yeah. Funny enough about this game, this game literally came out on all platforms. 
Yeah. <laughs> this game came out in 2005, and it originally came out for the Xbox, PlayStation 2, and GameCube. And then it shortly came out for the Xbox 360. Yep. Which is the first time I, like, in my gaming, this was my first experience of having a game that was cross-generation. Right, right. Um, but also my first my first presentation of how much better a game could be from one generation to the other. True. If you look at PS2 gameplay and Xbox 360, it's, it's absolutely night and day. It, it, but this game also came out on the Game Boy Advance, Nintendo DS and PlayStation <laughs> portable. This was gaming back in the early two thousands. It was just, Hey, we could put it on anything. Let's put it on anything. Right. Yeah, a couple of things that stood out to me for this game is um, something I wish more games would think about, um, but only certain ones. Let's let's preface that. Um, but the first-person shooting um, moments of this game were very like cinematic. There was absolutely no HUD, and so you didn't you weren't looking at like how many bullets you had. You weren't looking at like um, you weren't looking at your health or anything like that. Most of that kind of information was on screen for you. Or like if you got close to the end of your clip, the guy would literally say, oh God, I only have two two more bullets or something like that. And so there'd be an audio cue for you to know. So you had to learn pretty quickly that it's like, okay, I can't just be like, bah, 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 reload, 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 reload. And that cinematicness of it, I think, just made it just that much more enjoyable you know, that much more immersive, you know, so it really kind of did feel like I was playing through the movie. And it's definitely one thing that um, a lot of people love to just crap on, you know, movie games. And I, I think this is one of the better ones. Like, is it the best one? No, that goes to the Wolverine. But oh, yeah, it was definitely, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely one of the better ones, I think. Agreed. It, it's the cinematic, you can't really stress that more. It, it's it's not like something about this game that something about this game that was very unique was it wasn't a movie tie-in game. It was the movie. Um, whereas you had games like fast forwarding a few years, you had like the Captain America game that Sega came out with, and it wasn't the movie at all, but it had just stuff around it. This one you were playing the length of the movie and you got to experience the things from the, from the human's point of view and King Kong to an extent at one point. Yeah. And also, you know, seeing dinosaurs and these giant creatures for me was really cool. Cause at that time I hadn't played Turok or anything like that. So this was That's one a good of those, point. Me too. This was one of those that, Oh, this is cool. Like the scale of this is really interesting and really cool. Also, can we talk about that intro, <laughs> that Ubisoft intro at the beginning of this game? When we watched the gameplay footage before we started recording, I was like, man, that's nostalgic. Yeah, right. You know, you get used to those, the purple swirl and the now, the one they have now. I like it, but, you know, you, you, you get to that one for several, almost 10 years. It's definitely when you see it again, it's very nostalgic, but super fun game. Um, I actually don't know the rating on it. It's probably got like a six or a five or something like that, if I was to guess. Yeah. Let's let's see real fast. Game Kong. Game. 
Metacritic. Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This did a lot better than I thought. Uh, 82 Metascore, 88.4 User Score. So that's that's not bad at all. Uh, of course, that's the PS2 version. I mean, it probably sucked on everything else. No, I mean, the, the, <laughs> it was better on the Xbox 360 because that's where I played it. It was way better on the Xbox 360. Yeah, that was in the first stretch of the games. We had like Camino and things like that. So it's... Uh, yeah, super fun game, super fun experience. Definitely a nostalgic one for me, um, having been one of the main games I had played by myself. Yeah, growing up. But and I mean, I think it was just it was a it was just a nice experience, you know. And it's like, I guess if anything, playing this game when I whenever I first started it up because it was tied in with a movie, I did kind of expect it to be mediocre. I expected like, you know, I expected it to just be like a rent or whatever, not really a rent, but you know, back in the day when back in the day when you had like GameStop and you could keep it for 7 days or whatever, it's like it was a rent. <laughs> yeah. Um anyways, um but yeah, I, I was like, "Oh, you know, I'll play through it and then maybe give it back or something." But like I I was very surprised with it when when I first played it cuz it was definitely I was not expecting to actually like it. Um and I want to say I owned it on the um 360 and then I also ended up getting it on the uh, Vita, or not Vita, you idiot, uh, the PlayStation the PSP. PSP. And actually, like, I wouldn't say that it was like gorgeous by any standards, but it was actually pretty darn good looking on the on the PSP, and it still felt like the game. And so, you know, yeah, I liked it so much, I, I you know, I bought it portably. <laughs> That was the thing. You you remember back in the day when you would have a game you loved playing on console, and then they mm-hmm. had a similar version for portable, and you were like, yeah, I loved it there. Let me play it here so I can play it on the go. Mm-hmm. And then now you have things like the Switch, where it's like, oh, let me play the same game I'm playing on my console on the go. Yeah, right. So you got to love technology. Hey, I'm tired of using technology. <laughs> so you sit down on top of me. Hey, <laughs> Well, that's this week's look at a Ubisoft throwback. Is there, if there's any that you would like us to talk about, any one that you love playing growing up, feel free to let us know and we'll cover it on a future episode. All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode three of UB Chat this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you like the show, make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, leave your comments, concerns, anything like that in the review. Or if you want to follow us on Twitter at UB Chat or, Threat X, or TX3 Productions, uh, you can tweet at us the, the same way. All right, well, I've been Nate. And this is Nick. Thank you for tuning in to UB Chat, and we be seeing you later. Good job. Oh, it took me two times this time, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Gatorade done. It's so funny how audible I can hear you swallowing. (laughs) I've always been told I'm a loud swallower. (laughs) <laughs> like you are. ask your dad. <laughs> uh... <laughs> and make sure to check us out on our discords as well. Uh, you can find find. <laughs> I jumped, jumped nationality. You can bloody well find. You him. can find. <laughs> <laughs>
You can find that information on those separate Twitters as well. Links to all of those will be in the description as well as what I just said. Let me do that right. again. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just kind of see how, how that... Oh, excuse me, I had to go. Oh, cut that, cut that up. Yeah, anything else? Um, if not, we can just leave it at the... I'll give you my full review. Okay. That, look at that. <laughs> The amount of unnecessariness in that <laughs> was over 9,000. Over 9,000! Well, I've been Nate. And this is Nick. And we be seeing you No, later. damn it, you did it again! What did I do wrong? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to oh. Ubi Chat. Oh, okay. We be. Quite literally the same blooper from last time. <laughs> Alright, let me do that again because that was a little weird. So's your mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs>